Welcome to the Save Your Marriage podcast, dedicated to all the men and women out there who are going through marital problems and want to save their marriages. Here, we give you tools, perspectives, and insight into how to save your marriage and have a thriving marriage. This podcast is sponsored by The Fortified Spouse. And now, here's your host, Arturo Henriquez. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode. Thank you very much for listening. I just want to invite all the men and women out there to book a private, complimentary call with me. We will talk about your particular situation in private and give you lots of guidance and put you on the path to restoring and saving your marriage. Just go to www.fortifiedspouse.com forward slash call. That's C-A-L-L. So in this episode, we're going to talk about some important aspects of trust that you need to understand, and we'll go over some, you know, big tips to help you rebuild trust again, even during a marriage crisis. But let's start out by getting on the same page and defining what trust is, right? Trust is something that you've probably heard me talk about and many people talk about. And really, when we talk about trust, it really means more than just being faithful. In fact, faithful, being faithful is just a symptom of trust. It has nothing to do really with being faithful, trust that is, and everything to do with having emotional security in a relationship and making your spouse feel emotionally safe. So giving your spouse emotional security. And when this is accomplished, connection, the bedrock of any relationship exists. And that's what we ultimately strive for is to be connected at the deepest level with our spouse. I believe that love, romantic love, it comes from a vulnerable feeling of feeling connection, right? When you are truly connected to someone where you can be yourself exposed, fully vulnerable, and feeling safe in that exposure, and that requires trust to exist. During your courtship, you build trust with your spouse, and then you build those romantic feelings, right? And I believe that once those romantic feelings have disappeared, if the trust has also disappeared, you need to rebuild the trust before these romantic feelings can come back. Because what has happened is the connection that you built has now become now a disconnection and trust is no longer there because of of the disconnection you are no longer vulnerable. And in not being vulnerable, you are no longer exposing yourself. Meaning, I don't trust myself to be safe or I don't trust that I'm emotionally secure around this person, around this thing, around this circumstance. So let's take a step back and talk about what exactly is trust. What does that mean? What does it mean for your wife or your husband to trust you? Well, if you look in the dictionary, you'll find that the definition of trust is a firm belief in the reliability, truth, ability, or strength of someone or something. But as I'm thinking about what trust means inside a marriage, I think that there are a few extra things that we can talk about there. Now, I do think that reliability especially, that's an important thing to have as part of rebuilding trust. Truthfulness, definitely a very important part of having trust in someone. An ability and in strength, those can mean different things in different circumstances when it comes to relationships. But generally, I do think that those are good guidelines. 
And I do think that a very simple starting point for you as you're considering maybe how the trust has damaged in your relationship is just ask yourself very simply, is there anywhere that my wife or husband could legitimately question my reliability? Is there anywhere that I have been unreliable in our relationship? Is there any good reason that my wife or husband has to question or distrust my truthfulness? What about my ability? Maybe it's my ability as a father or as a husband. How about my strength? These are questions that you can ask yourself to kind of maybe reflect on how your spouse might think of you and where their trust for you is at. But a few other things that I think of when I'm thinking about trust in a relationship, it is a belief that someone is safe. They're emotionally secure. So if you trust someone, you believe that they are a safe person for you to confide in, for you to be yourself with. And maybe this goes back to that truthfulness, this aspect, right? It's a belief that this person will not hurt you, that you can be vulnerable with them without fear of a negative consequence, like using your vulnerabilities against you later or judging you or changing the amount of love or feelings that you have for someone because of your flaws. If you trust someone, you believe that they can see you as you are and still think of you the same as they did before they had that knowledge. When you trust someone, you're willing to be exposed. You're willing to be vulnerable to that person because, again, you trust that they are safe to do that with, that they are a safe harbor, that you are emotionally secure. Another aspect of trust in a relationship is that it is a belief that someone will put your needs first. If you need something, you can trust that they will do what they can to get it for you. You can trust that they are in your corner, that they're on your side, and they are someone who will aid you in getting the things that you want from life or maybe from the relationship. And the reason that mutual trust works so well is because when both trust each other to have each other's back, to put each other first, then you get into this very beautiful relationship that really represents what we're trying to build in a marriage, which is a we. It's a team. Trust is also a belief that someone will help you, that they have your back, that they're going to be a source of assistance and encouragement, and that they're going to aid you in getting what you want and not be an obstacle that prevents you from getting what you want. This might go back to that strength and ability aspect of the definition of trust that we read from the dictionary, right? If you want to start a new job, they will encourage you. They will aid you in getting that. They will be a resource for you in obtaining that. If you want to start a new hobby, if you want to start a new project, if you have a problem with a friend, if you have a problem with your parents, if you have a worry, a concern, if you have a mental disability, a sickness, a health issue, they will be there for you and they will aid you should there need to be a solution, should there be an endpoint, they will be an aid for that. They will be a resource for you to achieving the end result of whatever it is you need. So if you've struggled to be present as a father or a mother, if you've struggled to control your emotions, or you haven't had the ability to be encouraging and understanding with your wife or husband throughout your marriage or put their needs first, well, then you may need to prove that you have the ability to do those things that you've struggled with in the past. 
So you're going to have to exhibit trustworthy behavior going forward. That's going to be your new thing. Ask yourself, what does trust mean to you? What does trust mean to your husband or your wife? What have been evidences of trust in your past relationship that you've had with your spouse? What signs did you see in your courtship or in the beginning stages of your marriage or basically in the parts of your relationship that were good before you went into a marriage crisis? These reflection points are necessary. They're an essential part of navigating through the crisis because it puts you in your spouse's shoes. It gives rise to empathy, which empathy is going to give rise to you desiring and becoming trustworthy and exhibiting trustworthy behavior. So I want to give you three unconventional ways of rebuilding trust in a relationship, particularly if you're going through a marriage crisis, if you're going through a separation or your spouse says they don't love you anymore, or you're going through some divorce or there may be affairs, how do you start rebuilding trust in unconventional ways so that you can start rebuilding connection with your spouse at this time? So the first thing I want you to keep in mind as you're attempting to rebuild trust with your spouse, even though you may have been separated or heading towards divorce, I want you to remember that trust is rebuilt with yeses, not with noes. When you can give your spouse some sort of affirmation or validation for how they feel, that is more likely to rebuild trust than when you do the opposite. That might sound completely obvious to you, but have you ever tried to tell your wife or husband that things weren't that bad in the relationship, that he or she is unjustified in wanting you know, a separation? Because if so, again, not saying that you were wrong to do that or that what you were saying was wrong, but that in that instant, or maybe you could have been more affirming, more validating, more understanding of how they felt and giving more credence to those feelings. And maybe instead you did the opposite. You try to convince them to the contrary. And even though you can't change the past, it should get you thinking about what this actually looks like in practical terms inside the relationship. It is being willing to just simply hear your husband or wife say things without challenging it outright. So I'll be honest, this is something that I have to work on in my own marriage. Everybody does. This is something that needs to be done every single day. It's not just something for a marriage crisis. When I hear a problem, I want to fix it. When I see something wrong or see something incorrectly, I try to tell them how it should be done or how it should be corrected. And maybe I am right. Maybe I am correct, but that's not the point. And therein lies the problem. Sometimes your spouse just wants to be heard. Sometimes just your spouse wants to be listened to. Sometimes they want their feelings to be validated, to be heard. Whatever your spouse is dealing with, whatever they're struggling with, there's a time for offering solutions. There's a time for offering direction. And there's a time for just saying, yes, you are heard. Yes, I see you. And just listen intently. But this saying yes can also be when you are willing to compromise or cooperate with your spouse to get things that they want. I'm always amazed with foster parents and their ability to adopt children because most of these children come with trauma. And one of the things that they are taught is a system for dealing with trauma. It's called Trust-Based Relational Intervention, TBRI. And it's an amazing resource. 
But one of the tenets of this is that rebuilding connection is an essential part of healing trauma. And there's an example of how a foster parent was able to turn a no into a yes. And their foster son comes up to them. It's 45 minutes until dinner time, and the boy asks for a snack. Say, hey, can I have a snack? I'm hungry. Now, as the parent, your first instinct might be to say no, because we're eating dinner in 45 minutes. You'll spoil your appetite. You know, I've certainly said that to my daughters. But what this person, this foster parent said, is that in that instant, instead of saying no, they said yes. Yes, you can have a snack and you can put it by your plate to have right after dinner. So basically, they took what was actually a no and they turned it into a yes. Now, again, your spouse is not a child. They're going to know that a no is a no and a yes is a yes. But the point of the story is to illustrate, first off, that yes does rebuild connection. And secondly, that you can be creative. And you might be thinking to yourself, well, there's absolutely no room in our marriage crisis right now for me to say yes to my spouse. You know, they never have anything that I can say yes to. But again, saying yes to your spouse can be more subtle than actually just outright agreeing with them on whatever the given issue is. So for example, if you're going through a crisis, but you're still living in the same house and they keep talking about moving out, they keep talking about how they need more space. You might not be at a point where you want to tell them, yes, let's go look at apartments so that you can move out or so that I can move out. But you might still be able to say, yes, I hear that you need more space and that you're not getting enough space right now. So let's work on that. And we can work together to get you more space in this home in the meantime, while we're waiting to get to a point where maybe we do progress to moving out. So again, that's just kind of an example of how by being willing to cooperate with your spouse, even though it does kind of get you a little bit closer to what you don't want, which is moving out and getting an actual separation, it does accomplish the fact that you are seeing, you are hearing, you are listening to your spouse and he or she is feeling that you are listening, hearing, and seeing what they need. The point is when you can say yes in this way, even if it's just a partial yes or a yes, where it's really just saying, yes, I hear that this is a problem for you and I'm taking it seriously, even if I don't have the perfect solution right now, just being able to say yes, it still affirms to them and validates to them and shows that you're willing to cooperate with them. So that's a good thing. And trust gets built on that. That's a way of rebuilding trust with yeses, not with noes. And the second thing I want to talk to you about is that trust is rebuilt when you stay consistent, when you show up consistently as a new person, when you show up consistently as the best version of yourself, when you show up consistently as that husband or wife that you should have always been. You see, consistency is easy to maintain when things are going well. Now, you probably, if you're in a marriage crisis, you've probably been working on yourself. You made some changes in yourself. You're trying to be more compassionate towards your spouse, more attentive to them, more present with the kids, right? You're going to the gym. Whatever changes you're trying to make to yourself, it's easy to maintain those things when your spouse notices them or you have a good day together or when you feel you know, your spouse kind of drawing a little bit closer to you. Things are going well for you. 
but it is much harder to maintain consistency in the tough moments. So yes, it's great to get those good moments with your spouse, whether that's a positive conversation, a fun outing with the family, an unexpected hug, or an act of affection. The thing is, it's these little wins that feels good, right? You feel good about those changes you're making. You know that you're moving in the right direction in those moments. But the moments that your trustworthiness is tested is in the moments when your spouse brings up divorce or reminds you of the separation or says you know, something about selling the house or telling the kids or maybe stops returning your texts or gets really cold with you or is distant or their mood changes suddenly. It's in these moments that you need to be consistent. It's in these moments that you need to continue showing up as this new version of you, continuing showing up as that husband or wife that you should have always been. It's in these moments that you still go the distance, that you are in control of your emotions, your triggers, that you're able to handle rejection without losing control. It is in these moments that you rebuild trust. It's in these moments when your spouse, be it your wife or your husband, is testing you, either consciously or unconsciously, right? Because it's their default belief, right? That the changes that you're making, the positive changes that they have seen are a farce. They don't believe that they're real. They believe that as soon as they come back to the marriage, as soon as they come back, that the old you is going to reappear and this new you and everything about the new you will disappear because maybe you have a track record of doing exactly that. So when these difficult moments present themselves and you maintain the change, you are consistent, that is where trust is rebuilt. And you might not see that. You might not get any affirmation from your spouse that they've regained a small amount of trust towards you in that moment where you stay consistent, but it is still happening. In the wins and in the losses, they are rebuilding trust. They are rebuilding that connection. And so consistency in who you are and who you are becoming rebuilds the trust and that connection that has been lost. And the third thing I want to talk about in rebuilding trust in unconventional ways is demonstrating priorities. And this may be very difficult or tricky to some people, especially in a marriage crisis, because you want the marriage to be saved while your spouse may want a divorce, may want something different. These are opposing things. So how can you possibly be in their corner? And basically what this comes down to is putting them first, having genuine selflessness towards them. When you see that, you take the opportunity. These may be small things like watching the children while they go out to dinner with their friends or while they go to the gym, right? Or something to that effect. And doing these things, even though you know that they would probably not do the same for you. You're not doing this because you expect reciprocation. You are doing this because in your priorities list, your spouse is number one. They come first. So this means still continuing to speak positively of your spouse to your children, even when maybe they're checked out. Even when they're going through a midlife crisis, where they're out of the house till midnight or till late, or where they sleep in late because they're struggling with something, whatever they may be, when you are able to still step up, fill in, speak positively of your spouse to those around you, to the kids, to your peers, to your friends, to your parents, 
to your work colleagues and still maintain a positive image of your spouse. That can demonstrate that your priority is your spouse and you're doing this selflessly because you know that they want out. They are not happy with the marriage and they are in that separation mode. They know you don't have to do this. They know you can talk negatively about them, complain about them, complain about the situation, complain negatively about the situation, but you don't do that. You prove trustworthy and trustworthy behavior by being in their corner, even during a marriage crisis, even when they're not treating you so well. You prove that you are still in their corner, that you're willing to accept space, be willing to accept that separation is moving forward, even when they know that that's the complete opposite of what you want. So when you can demonstrate that acceptance, that selflessness, even when they know it's not what you want, that rebuilds trust. Because again, it's showcasing that your priorities really are what you're trying to prove that they are, which is that you want to put your spouse first and you second. And so let's recap real briefly here in three unconventional ways of rebuilding trust. One is saying yes to your spouse. Number two is being consistent when things don't go your way, staying consistent in your behaviors, in your change. And number three is proving your priorities by being selflessness and putting your spouse first. Those are great ways to rebuild that trust to rebuild that emotional security, and ultimately to rebuild that connection. Thank you for listening. Now, I want to introduce you to the Fortified Spouse Program that has helped thousands of women and men just like you save their marriages with an 85% success rate. It is based on four fundamental pillars. One, gain the tools to reconnect with your spouse. Two, understand the differences between men and women so we can appreciate and be more empathetic with our spouse. Three, learn how to gain inner confidence so we are no longer codependent on our spouse. And four, deal with our insecurities and triggers so we are more emotionally in control and not as easily triggered. If you're interested in learning more about these tools to immediately stabilize the marriage and postpone and delay the divorce or separation, or win your spouse back from an affair, then go to www.fortifiedspouse.com and enroll in the program. It is going to change your life. It is going to make you the best version of you, and it has the highest probability of saving your marriage. You have been listening to the Save Your Marriage podcast for men and women. For further information, visit The Fortified Spouse at www.fortifiedspouse.com. Thank you.